My grandmother had an island, nothing to boast of. We could walk around it in an hour, but still it was, it was a paradise for us. One summer, we went for a visit and discovered that place had been infested with rats. They'd come on a fishing boat and gorged themselves on coconut. So how do you get rats off an island? My grandmother showed me. I personally feel like that is the most well-known monologue on rats in any Hollywood movie ever. It's Javier Bardem, of course, one of the great villains in a James Bond movie from the movie Skyfall. I'm not going to go into the detail of how his grandmother got rid of the rats, but that's really quite something. And we're talking about rats this morning because, you know, there are a lot of rat problems out there. Maybe you've not got a problem, but a situation. I did have it this summer in my yard where I lost an awful lot of garden plants, an entire crop of beets, actually, to a rat somewhere in the yard. I think I eventually scared it off, though. Vancouver does have a rat problem. We are not alone. In New York City right now, they're really waging war on the rat. There's a great article about it in the latest issue of Popular Mechanics that poses the question, have the rats won? Now, Eleanor Cummins is the author of that article and a science journalist and adjunct professor at New York University and joins us now. Thank you so much for being here. Ah, oh, thank you for having me. This is my favorite topic. <laughs> That's kind of weird, Eleanor, that, this is, <laughs> that rats are your favorite topic. <laughs> I'll own it. They're amazing creatures. Why? How? What do you mean? I think that if you want to wage war on rats, what I'm learning is you have to really learn to respect them. Um, when it comes to the math and the science of how rats uh, have infiltrated cities across the world, there's a lot to be impressed by. Um, rats can breed in a single year as many as seven litters with up to 12 pups. That means that a single rat in her lifespan can have 15,000 descendants. So the numbers are just really against us humans fighting back. They're pretty clever. They're um, amazing in terms of their relationships with each other. They can actually be really kind and thoughtful. They have a lot of fun together. I mean, everything I learn about them makes me like them more. Uh, That said, there's a lot of problems that they pose. Yeah, let's talk about the problems. And did the pandemic make this worse? Did you find in cities across North America? So what I have heard from talking with experts in um, sort of uh, rodent management is that the pandemic probably didn't make things worse. It just made them more visible. So when people were in lockdown and they weren't on the streets and causing a lot of noise and sort of uh, scaring rats so that they stayed underground, you um, saw them come out. And that kind of freaked people out. But the rats were probably always there. There are a few um, maybe cases here in New York, for example, where rats have been given, um, you know, a lot more sort of leeway. So when we built outdoor dining sheds, for example, those were sort of the perfect like rat habitat and probably did lead to increases um, as long as, uh, you know, those sheds were sort of up on the street. Oh, because we have outdoor patios on our streets here in Vancouver. So you're saying rats like those? So the thing about them is that they need only about the size of a quarter to enter into a space. So if there's like a small gap between the ground and um, a shed in a garden, um, a dining um, shed on the street, that is like the perfect place for them. They'll just sort of um, kind of squeeze their way in there and then they can set up, uh, you know, a pretty active burrow. What rats really need um, is a little bit of water and a little bit of food. Um, We're talking only an ounce of each a day. If they can 
get more, they'll take it. Um, but they don't like to pull it very far, right? You know, when we saw Pizza Rat sort of go viral, right? He was carrying that piece of pizza with him. His burrow was probably very close by. So a, a dining shed is like a perfect opportunity for a rat. If they can get in there, they're going to have a steady supply of food from people who are, you know, maybe dropping their dinner. Or in New York, we have a problem where people really just truly will throw um, trash on the sidewalk. Um, and so that is like a rat buffet. Oh my goodness. Okay. So what can be done, if anything, to fight back? So I've learned a lot um, in reporting this story about something called Integrated Pest Management, or IPM. And the idea here is that we have relied a lot on rodenticides in the past to try to manage pet populations, um, pest populations, and not with a lot of success. Um, so the idea is, like, let's bring in a bunch of different other strategies that are maybe less sort of um, toxic. So one of the big things is called burrow harassment. And this might have been um, maybe what you and, and the rat in your garden um, sort of ended up uh, engaging in yes, is a little bit of exactly like burrow warfare. that's exactly what I did. Warfare. I harassed this rat. So that is a scientifically validated strategy for managing rats. Um, and the idea is if you can make a rat feel unsafe, you might not get rid of that individual rat very quickly, but you can suppress their breeding. And that means that you won't have, um, you know, a booming rat population where there was just one. And burrow harassment looks like a bunch of different things. I think the most simple strategy is you really can just pour like sand or soil into um, that burrow uh, when you identify the entry and exit holes. And that is just a way of saying to the rat, like other people are making claims on this land. You know, we, you're not alone and we don't really want you here. Um, but burrow harassment can go all the way to like having trained ratting dogs um, that can get inside the burrow, flush a rat out, um, you know, you name it. Other strategies include, um, you know, garbage or compost containerization, um, concrete platforms that sort of um, create an even surface for sheds, like I said, so that rats can't burrow underneath. Um, screening um, the, the sort of lower portion of a fence um, because those sort of boundaries between buildings are sort of their favorite place. And probably the most useful for a gardener is actually just trimming back plants at their bases because what rats really love is to feel that sort of shade and coverage of a low-lying bush that tells them they're safe, that they should start burrowing. And if you can sort of reduce that ground coverage, um, you can make them feel like maybe this isn't the best place for me. I eventually found that the chili powder worked really well. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, there are a lot of homegrown strategies as well. Okay. So is this, is this something that we have to think of? Do we have to rethink how we wage war on rats? I definitely think so. Your neighbors in Alberta, right, haven't had a breeding pair of rats in 70 years. Okay, that's, and that's what they say. Like, that's what they think. Yes, they say, they say. And that's like, you know, even if it's um, a small population, that's because like the government takes this on, right, and does it in a really coordinated way. I think in New York, what we would really need to solve our problem is garbage containerization. Um, since uh, the 1970s, New Yorkers have dropped you know, plastic bags of garbage on the street overnight. Um, and that has been our strategy for garbage pickup. That is a perfect scenario for yeah. rat breeding. Um, if we were to bring back, uh, you know, Oscar the Grouch style bins or, or some other sort of sealed container for our garbage, um, we would probably just in that single action, um, dramatically dent our rat population. See, we have those containers. We have like garbage containers to for for them to come and pick up, but we still have a rat problem. I feel like rats will just find a way, Eleanor. They're that's crafty. what they do. 
I, I'm with you. I think that um, the goal, as, as I heard it articulated here in New York, at least, is that we just get it down to a manageable population. So it's probably totally true that we will never be able to get rid of them. Um, but how do we suppress them and then seek them out in a kind of um, proactive way? Are you saying so, like uh, make friends thing- with the rats, learn to live with the rats? Is that what we have to do? <laughs> that's, that's what Paris is saying. They're saying like, maybe we should look into just cohabitation, as they put it. Um, I think that uh, the idea of, of having a, a manageable manageable population that you can sort of track, um, you know, using sensors um, and sort of curtail that way is like the optimal strategy here. I think it is sort of a pipe dream to say that we will be rat free. Well, I love your fascination with rats, even if I don't love rats themselves. Eleanor, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. That's Eleanor Cummins. Eleanor's a science journalist and adjunct professor at New York University, but you must read her article in Popular Mechanics this month. That's called, it says, Have the Rats Won? And it really got my attention. And that is the question. Do we need to find a new way to deal with the rat population? What has worked for you? I had a bunch of vegetables that this one particular rat was really feasting on this summer. And so I did turn to like, not chili powder, but um, like dried chili flakes and just liberally sprinkling it around my vegetables. And you know what? It eventually worked. That rat stopped coming around and I did manage to save not the beets, but the beans. I did manage to save the beans. What has worked in your garden? Tell me, how have you dealt with rats? Simi at cknw.com. You can call or text our buzz line 604-331-2899.